Society has mistaken wealth to mean money and assets. The Wealth Redefined podcast is focused on building generational wealth beyond the materialistic by focusing on our emotional, mental, physical, spiritual, and relational well-being. Together with a cohort of health and wellness advocates, we'll discuss ways to design your own path to true wealth on the Wealth Redefined podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Wealth Redefined podcast. Today I'm joined by Shay Moynadine, Aesthetic Nurse Specialist and Clinic Director at the FUTE Institute for Aesthetic Plastic Surgery. Shay, I appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me, Tony. No, what a pleasure. And just what a pleasure you are. Thank you. I try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'd love to get started just how uh, you got started in the business because you said it was by kind of accident, right? It was by accident. So I have been at the FUTE Institute for about 15 years now. And prior to that, I was working at a med spa for a few years. But the way I got into the aesthetic industry was really by luck. Um, I had two kids and I took a little gap in work and decided to go back to work. And that was kind of right when Botox was first FDA approved. And I thought, you know what, I would love to do that. My background's in nursing and I have a master's degree in healthcare administration. So I literally, it was back in the day before everyone was emailing their resume out, and I was walking around downtown Chicago with my resume, paper resume, and I ended up walking into the right med spa in the Gold Coast, and they hired me on the spot without any experience, and they trained me, and then here I am almost 20 wow. years later. Yeah. That's yeah. real hustle. Good people for you. People ask me all the time, especially people that are just getting into this industry, how I got started, and it truly was by luck. No, that's not. I mean, not, I'm not hearing luck I made, at all. I made my own luck. Yeah, you made. I mean, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, but you were out there doing it for yourself. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. So we're like now. The other part of you is that you are first generation, or were you actually born? I am first generation. Okay. My parents were born in India. They immigrated here in the '60s. My dad came here for grad school. So gotcha. Yes, yes, yes. So that's that's a big part of your story too, just because you know one of the things that I'd asked you about was, um, I guess kind of kind of overcoming right this expectation of what the immigrant story for you was and kind of being outside of the mold of that a little bit, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, to get my undergrad in nursing when a lot of my cousins, many of my cousins are physicians, it mm. was a thing because mm -hmm. my parents were, you know, a little disappointed. Aww. A little is is being generous. I mean, they yeah. were very disappointed. And, you know, of course, it's kind of that immigrant family where you know, be a doctor, be a doctor, especially Indian families. And I knew that I loved healthcare, but I just didn't want to be a doctor. And so, you know, getting into nursing was a little disappointment for my parents, but of of course, now they see me 20 years later on television and doing all these great things, and they're so proud of me. So that's there you amazing. Go. That's amazing. Well, full circle, right? Full um, circle for sure. So tell me about the FU Institute. What what is what is it about? How long you been there for? Yeah, so I've been there for 15 years, wow. and I work with a plastic surgeon. His name is Julius Few. He is very well known in our in our industry, and we you know do the face and the body, but we primarily focus on the face and the neck. Um, we're 100% cosmetic, um, and we do everything. We do skincare. We do lasers. We do injectables. We do, uh, you know, cool sculpting, body contouring, skin tightening. So it's kind of a one-stop shop. And we also have an office in Beverly Hills. Wow. Yeah. So how did you get hooked up with him and, you know, the job? That also was by luck. So <laughs> he was at Northwestern, which is a big medical center in Chicago for 10 years. And he was looking to leave and open up his own practice. And that was 2008 during the middle of the beginning of the recession, actually. So um, I connected with him 
him through some mutual friends and met him for a few minutes. And he was looking for a nurse injector and part time because my kids were still really young at that time. And, you know, I ended up hiring me again, like within an hour. And that's how we got started together. And I really didn't know what, what I was getting into. Really? Um, yeah, I didn't. We were building out the space in the John Hancock. So we had a temporary space in Bloomingdale's, which was like mm. this room, you know, tiny room without any equipment. And I thought the first week, like, what the heck am I doing, Shay? And literally from there, 15 minute, uh, years later, we've grown into this kind of, you know, huge practice with two locations and it's been amazing. Now, was it always, uh, you know, offering the services that you offer now? Has it been that way for 15 years? Or has that evolved a little bit? It's evolved a lot. So wow. our industry, you know, the aesthetic industry is definitely a multi-billion dollar industry now. And when I first started, there was a few products on the market. There was Botox, there was a few filler products. And now, I mean, the kind of portfolio of lasers that are available and skin tightening devices. And I mean, just you name it, there are so many different non-invasive treatments for, um, for uh, beauty that weren't available over a decade ago. So mm. our industry is continuing to grow. It's an amazing industry to be in. I love what I do. Um, so yeah, it's been great. And and you mentioned here that, um, you know, all walks of life and that, that you see, right? Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that just in terms of the type of person that comes and why they, they seek um, your, you know, plastic surgery in the first place. Yeah, I mean, the age range varies, like from 20s to. I mean, I have patients in their 80s too. You know, the average age range is probably 40s and up. And I think just, you know, it's mostly women, and they just want to feel better about themselves. And I, you know, I, I don't think that, you know, I think back in the day, this industry was definitely for the wealthy, and it's not that way anymore. It's mm. really for kind of all walks of life, all income levels. I mean, anyone can kind of benefit from doing things that will make them feel better. And I don't think people are really doing it to look pretty. They're doing it to feel better about themselves. So, and that's really, I think, the impetus of why women come in to see us. No, and, yeah, and of course, I mean, obviously, there's something that, that you're self-conscious about or that, you know, you're really just looking negatively towards that, if you could fix that. Yeah. You know, the, the, the huge change for people. It's a huge change. Do you notice culturally the difference between like Beverly Hills versus here and just yes. what so tell me like you said about that and kind of obviously this is wealth redefined right and so the idea of health and wellness but also that aspect of of how we feel about ourselves and that, that has a lot to do with our environment and culture so yeah just tell me about the difference between I think in the Midwest because I am licensed in California too and I go out there pretty often I think in the Midwest the kind of you know, idea of beauty is more conservative and natural. I'd say when you go out to the West Coast, if you, especially if you're in the Orange County area, it's definitely a different look. And I think part of that is social media related. I mean, the good and the bad of Instagram is that you can kind of, you know, market your services to the masses. But I also think it gives women especially a false sense of what can be achieved sometimes. And I think that thankfully, you know, I practice primarily in Chicago and women just want to look better and natural. But when you go out west, I mean, those women are beautiful, but I think that there's a higher um, expectation to look perfect. Um, and that's never achievable. Yeah, no, ever. of course. Yeah. Um, and so when you first started here and you were mentioning, like, I mean, out there, handing out whatever you could to get people into it, right? And, yeah. And now 15 years, I'm sure there's a lot more awareness. But yeah, t tell me through, take me through like when you first started versus now and just how maybe the, the industry itself or maybe the acceptance of it here has changed, especially in Chicago. Yeah, you know, when I started and especially when being with the FU Institute for 15 years, you know, I had a little bit of a patient following, but not a huge patient following because I was only working part time. So when we opened our practice, you know, we needed to get patients in the door. We had some patients that were coming in from Northwestern, but I really didn't have 
a big following. So I was handing out my business cards to all the concierge. Like I went to the Four Seasons, wow. I went to the Ritz, I went to all the hairstylists, would offer discounts for my services. I mean, I literally, it was grassroots where I was walking around Chicago, getting people to know who I was. And fortunately, it was there was only a handful of us in this industry. Now the industry is a little bit more saturated. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was very grassroots. And so... It takes a lot of work, and it's a lot of times not very glamorous to try to build your brand, and you have to do it very carefully, I think, um, if you don't want to be just an overnight sensation and you want to be in it for the long haul. Um, I think building your brand, it's something that no one can take away from you, and so it's really, Absolutely. really important to do it the right way. Absolutely. Yeah. No. And as I hear you say that, it's just so interesting because so many people who have this mental blocker of, of here you are in, in, in cosmetic surgery, right, and going basically doing a door-to-door campaign, right? And yeah. people shy away from that because they think it's beneath them or they're scared of rejection or whatever it is, right? What, what for you was, like, who told you to do that and how did you overcome those things that other people find so difficult? Well, I just thought, okay, I'm in downtown Chicago in the Gold Coast. Who do I want to come in to see me? Yeah. Obviously, our services are not cheap, so I need to have people that have money or some sort of you know disposable income. So if you're staying at these fancy hotels in downtown Chicago, those are my clients. And so that's how I thought of it. And, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, honestly. I just figured it out as I went along. And, you know, believe it or not, you know, a lot of those hotels, they have residential guests that live there, you know, part time. Right. And those guests would start to see me. And so that's kind of and then it was word of mouth. We did very, very little advertising when we first opened. There was a lot more print publications um, than there are now because everything's right. online. And so I would advertise in, you know, um, some of the local magazines. I don't want to name which ones, but and I would get patients that way. And so we just kind of kind of had to think outside the box. There's no manual on how to build a practice, especially a cosmetic practice. And and how much of that conversation in the beginning was, you know, education versus now, which is a little more awareness, right? That you had to, maybe the conversation has changed over the years just because of that. Yeah. um, So Tony, explain to me again. So so like, 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 you know, um, just because it's a newer industry, right? Or I'm assuming it is. It is a newer industry. Yeah. Especially when you got in there, you're saying that Botox was. 2002 FDA approved for cosmetic use. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So was there a learning curve where people didn't know what, like what you did versus now where there's an acceptance of. Yes, there was. You do this. Because, you know, before I would have to sit down and really handhold people through these different procedures and treatments and products, you know, there's always having to get past like okay, Botox is poison. It's right, not poison. Right, it's right, not right. botulinum. That's right. not how, what it is. So yeah, there was a lot more education versus now I have patients coming in with like a laundry list. It's like, I saw this on Instagram. I saw this on mm-hmm. this television show. Mm-hmm. I saw this on The Real Housewives. This is what I want. It's still educating people because <laughs> sometimes they have misinformation right. because they think something's going to do something for them and it's not. So it's still a lot of education. Actually, I think before it was much easier because now you're kind of competing with <laughs> the information that mm-hmm influencers and real housewives and all these people are giving, which again, I'm thankful for because it's uh, introducing our services to the masses, but you have to re-educate them on what those products really do. For sure. So For sure. Talk to me a little bit about that misinformation, because I think that's, I mean, and that's a huge part of what this community is about is that, you know, we want to see that the influencers that we call influencers are really people who have the pedigree, the, you know, the credentials for it. But here you are in social media, there's no 
There's no checks and balances for this. So information at, is just out there. At all. And so and that's a struggle. It really is. And so and sometimes when I watch television shows and and I see these, you know, beauty bloggers and I have a lot of friends who are in that industry and I adore them and I think it's great that they have a passion and that's what they're kind of following. But some of these bloggers and influencers have never touched a patient's face. <laughs> right, so right. it's ironic to me that they're giving out beauty advice that especially younger people or younger girls are listening to. And a lot of times these people have never touched someone's face. And so, right. you know, it's 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 scary sometimes, um, especially when you're giving out medical advice. Some of these treatments that we do can be very harmful if they're not done the right way. And so, um, yeah, I wish that there was more checks and balances, but I think it's just going to get worse. Honestly, it's just going to get worse. So <laughs> I hate saying that, but yeah. it is. It'll get worse as it gets better because as people it gets like better, you, yeah. there, you know, obviously there's, you just got to find the right source, right? Ex exactly. Exactly. So what are some of those things that you think are the biggest misconceptions that you have to overcome with, with patients? I think that you can look perfect, right? And that you can look like a celebrity. And that, you know, our whole, and I'm guilty of it too, we all use filters. And I think that there's this idea that what I do could make someone look perfect, and that's not the goal. I always tell my patients, the goal is to look better, but not to look perfect. I can't make anyone look perfect. And so, and it's kind of sad sometimes, you know, because I think I'm, I tell people, and I tell my patients because I adore them, and I, they've been with me for so long, that I'm part clinician and part therapist, because right. I'm also trying to educate people on, you know, really trying to figure out something that's going to make them feel better, but not trying to achieve or trying to look like somebody else. Right, like you have right, to right, look right. like yourself, but maybe the best version of yourself, but not looking like somebody else. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and talk to me that, and then like on the wealth side of things, right? Like trying to redefine wealth as this thing where if you have money, then going out and spending it on changing yourself completely and looking like a totally different person is not wealth, right? Because you're, you're not accepting yourself, you're not loving yourself. So where is that fine line between where you say, I understand the services I provide, but there is, there is a point of too much. There is a point of now this this is not a good thing for you. You know, I think for our industry, and I always talk to my other colleagues that are in it, that I feel the ones that I really have a lot of respect for is that our goal is to elevate the industry. And unfortunately, because it's a self-pay industry and there's a lot of money involved, you will find a lot of very unethical behavior. And so I say no to people all day long. And they're literally, and I think that that's why I've built this amazing <laughs> brand for myself is because my patients trust me and then they refer their friends. Because if I'm not the woman that's going to put 10 fillers, syringes of filler in someone's lips. I'm just not going to do that. Like, we're just not going to do things that are going to make patients look crazy or things that are unsafe. And so I say no to people all day long. Really? I do. I do. And that, you know, obviously the way we earn a living and make money is by doing treatments. So right, if I'm right. saying no to somebody, then you know I'm saying it for a reason. So, you know, I think it's just elevating our industry, trying to get you know, promote more ethical behavior. And, um, but and I, I tell patients, and I've had girls do this, like I've said no to them for filler and they'll go down the street and get it somewhere else. And then they come back and they want me to fix it, which at that point, you know, I won't do. So, wow. so it's, it's, it is, it's a tricky industry. I really hope that, you know, we can, Part of the learning of this industry is to teach people how to really um, practice with ethics, um, because I think that that is a little bit of uh, an, an issue in our in our industry. And and you know maybe like offer the advice of or what advice could you offer in terms of the mindset to have going into it, right? That because um, you can obviously go into it two ways. One is that maybe you would benefit from having it, and you'd be the perfect type of candidate. But because of these a certain mindset, right, towards it, 
you, you prevent yourself from going in. But then on the other end, you might have someone that's coming in that you think is not an ideal candidate, right? So what's the right mindset to be in to pursue at least a conversation with you? You know, there's a few red flags I've learned, you know, from doing this for a long time, like immediately post-divorce. I see people all the time. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you have to really kind of nurse through the mental picture first, mm-hmm. then get to the physical. And so, you know, figure out, like, if someone just got divorced, okay, why are you here? And you oftentimes you'll figure out, okay, this woman has been um, criticized for X, Y, and Z, and that's what they want to fix. And, and so you have to really kind of figure out why the person's here. And then again, you know, there are just some treatments that are not going to be safe for every patient and figuring out, hey, what can we do? Baby steps. I always do things gradually with patients because I want them to kind of ease into these treatments, especially if they've never done them before. Um, and it, it's a it's a relationship. It's not like a single transaction. Mm-hmm. And that's really what I want to. We have a lot of patients that come in from out of town. And so sometimes it does become a single transaction where I'm only seeing these women like two or three times a year. But for the most part, a lot of my local patients, I tell them it's not a marathon, it's not a sprint. We're going to do this kind of gradually and build a relationship with you. And then what's happening is I'm actually starting to see like 15 years later, my patient's daughters now. And so like, you know, so, or their grandkids. So it's like, it's a relationship. Like I want to have a relationship with my patients. That's awesome. No, and and I know you mentioned women a lot. um, Maybe speak to the men a little bit in terms of like, you know, why there isn't more men doing it and, and what, what the benefit would be to, to someone coming in and, you know, what are those things that maybe they, they could benefit from? You know, I, we do have male patients and I'd say uh, 50% of our practice is male. Okay. And yeah, we do. And I would say, you know, Dr. Few, who I work with, has more male patients than I do because he's operating on, uh, operating on them. So, um, you know, men like to look good. Right. I have a lot of businessmen. The most popular treatment they're doing is Botox. And, you know, men, you know, want to age well. And especially in a city like Chicago, I mean, like there's a demand to look nice. And, and I think looking nice makes people look more youthful, um, whether that's good or bad, it's the truth. And yeah. so, um, and I love my male patients. They're, they're easy. They listen to what I say, they do it, they leave. That's <laughs> that, awesome. That's yeah. Awesome. So, well, if people are, you know, like they love what they hear and they want to follow you, support you, but also maybe learn more, how can they find you on social media? And then also more information on the, on the clinic and, and online. Yeah. My Instagram handle is Shay Beauty RN. And, um, I, um, located in the John Hancock building at the Few Institute or 875 North Michigan Avenue and that's the best way to find me. I've been there for 15 years and I think I'll be there for another 100 probably uh, if I live that long. That's awesome. <laughs> no, I, it's a beautiful place and uh, excited to have you here and a part Thank of the community. Thank you so much. Yeah. I really appreciate it. This has been great.